Hello and welcome to episode 133 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Even for us, this is thrown together. We managed to organise doing this, what, 12 minutes ago? Uh, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Oh, such a short amount of time that like, I barely even know who I'm here with, but I'm pretty sure it's KC. Uh, I don't know. In the past, I have been other people. So, Me too, mate. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's things anyway? You all good? Yeah, not too bad. Can't complain. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I'm really looking forward to proper football being back. I, I, I don't know. There, there is something. I did take a lot of joy from the San Marino game because England did exactly what they should do, which I was happy about. And there was a couple of brief moments when there was the hope that, you know, San Marino were going to somehow counter attackers and make it 8 1. Yeah, I was fully supporting them every time they got the ball near the halfway line. It's like, go on, lad, all the way. Oh, the... oh he's fallen over. Mind you, it's like, can you remember that bit in the first half when we were watching it and that guy snapped into a couple of tackles? Yeah, going, get stuck in. And then he did one on Phillips and we immediately oh, went, oh, hey, get him hey, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so England are in the World Cup. Uh, part of me wants them to boycott it because that would morally be the right thing to do. However, I am also a hypocrite and I like the World Cup and I'd quite like to watch it. I'd quite like to watch it in the summer in a better country. Yeah, fair. Um, there was quite a lot of Leeds involvement that, because of the rush, I haven't got any notes on. But I think the main things to mention, like Alioski scored a pretty good goal, which isn't Leeds anymore, but it's still nice to see. Uh but Sam Grit. Yeah, mom baby. But Sam Greenwood scored on his England on the 21 debut. Uh, I have not actually seen this goal. It was in a terrible defeat to Georgia, where we were apparently terrible. And Cody Drama had a bit of a nightmare by the sounds of it. And the goal like deflected in off his back. But goal on your debut is goal on your debut. And uh, Crescencio Somerville scored on his debut for Dutch under-21s as well. Yeah, he's in quite good company in that team as well. So it's a pretty decent team, is the Dutch under-21s. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, he's a good player. Yeah. He needs to come back. More than old. <laughs> More than old because his 23s really miss him. Uh, that's... He, he, needs to come out, he needs to come back because Rafinha is going to be gone soon. Well, if he's recovered from that blatant elbow he got from Otamendi. Dirty Argentinian bastards. <laughs> yeah, like he properly... That, I can't believe that he got away with that. For, it says a lot that the Football Federation has suspended those officials <laughs> for just being wrong. We could do with some of that in Premier League when a VAR official just gets one that wrong. Like that Dan James penalty away at Newcastle. Yeah, when they just get one that wrong and they've got the replays and everything, and they just don't somehow manage to not see it, they should get in some shit, and they never do. Uh, that no, send I did... them to the championship. Uh... <laughs> I did watch the 23s game this afternoon, but I was working at the same time, so I wasn't paying full attention. Uh, Leeds, Leeds won Chelsea three. Chelsea were better side; they deserve to win. The main takeaways from it were Chelsea. With running their midfield, Lewis Baker, who must be about five at least. 
I I wanted to say twenty seven, so I'm so it's probably twenty six. It is twenty six. Paul, <laughs> Paul McShay for that team. Uh, and I'll tell you what, you know, when you watch the game, you were watching him in field, going, God, if you were watching this guy in an under twenty three game, you think, yeah, this guy looks a prospect until you find out he's twenty six. If he had that performance when he was eighteen, you'd think, oh, he's got something about him, this kid. Yeah. Uh, he was. They had one massive centre half whose name I don't remember, but he was enormous. He was about six foot six. Uh, he scored their first two, both from set pieces. Uh, the twenty three. Well, I mean, the first well, team. It's, well, it's good to know that the under twenty threes are replicating the first team. Oh, you think the first team are bad at defending set pieces? Nah, the twenty threes <laughs> are special. They can. They cannot defend a set piece to save their life. They haven't been able to all season, especially against the big lad. Uh, I think Baker put in both of the crosses, actually. But the second one, uh, he seems to do it at least once a game. Christopher Klassen just comes out for it and just gets... Well, he barely even comes out for it because it's only about four yards out and he just flaps his arm underneath it and gets nowhere near it. It's... Please, uh, whatever deity you want to believe in, you need to pray to them that Ian Melier does not get injured. Because this this kid is not ready, <laughs> like <laughs> at all. Hopefully, oh, it'll come back good. In. This kid's not done yet. <laughs> you remember the Moscowite video of Bailey Peacock Farrell at York? Mm. It's a bit like that. Mm. Yeah, I, I have to say, you know, obviously seeing him in the twenty threes game against Arsenal, he he didn't cover himself in a lot of glory. And he did not want a bypass. No, he had one where he took a touch and then like let it run behind him and just got tackled. And then made an unbelievable slide tackle to get out of it. <laughs> but it, it should have never been many, many years. Uh, as usual, Lewis Bate was quite tidy in the middle. Um, Roberts played, he scored a penalty for us, but he didn't... He looked great on the ball, but again, not... Didn't stand out that much. The actual standout for Leeds was uh, Leo Hjelder. He played uh, He played left back in this, and he looked about best player on pitch for us. Yeah, he's. Um, I think again, seeing him in person, he is. He's not as big as Cresswell is, so physically, but he does. He does look the part of a defender. Anyway, I'll give him that. He's a he's decent size to him. Yeah, I think Chris Moore's had a growth spurt as well. He looked bigger. He played right back in this game and he looked bigger. Um, yeah, that the penalty was won by Archie Gray. It was a bit soft, but then the ref made up for that by giving Chelsea a late penalty that just, like, not one Chelsea player even appealed for it. It was so very much not a penalty. Uh, but, yeah, they, they've got beat again. It, I, I don't really read much into it. They're on a bad run of results. But they've not had a team for like the last nine, ten games. No, most of the team has been on the bench for, for yeah. the first team, hasn't it? And yeah. so you, you you typically get like the Arsenal game. I I think if Charlie Cresswell stays on the field in that game, it's it's a much more competitive second half. Yeah, uh, um, and Archie Gray played ninety minutes as well. Uh, he he looked good and he faded as the game went on, which is to be expected. He's fifteen, but he uh, you can. You would not know he was 15. Like, he, he was, like, even, he had enough strength to knock people off the ball and stuff. He he really does. He's better than Elder Costa, though, is he? Yeah, well, have you seen he's getting lavished with praise? 
of Valencia. Oh, is he? After an awful start where they were giving him loads of abuse, he's now got started playing and apparently he's been pretty good. I haven't seen a single minute of it, so I can't vouch for it. But, yeah, he's been really good. Um, is there, has there been any massive news since, like, five, six days ago when we last did this? I don't think there has, has there? No, not, not a whole lot. Um, we've had, obviously, they've done the, the press conference today, but, again, nothing entirely unexpected coming out of that. No. Everyone who was injured is still injured. Uh, it was very nice to see that Afghanistan women's team arrive. Uh, very good work from Rads on that one. Mm. Getting them up, getting them over here, so they can steal our uh, fem- our women's team's jobs in about ten years when they're all older. I believe that's the plan. Yeah, clearly. No, it's re- it's really good to see. It's been. Uh, met with almost universal approval and the ones that didn't, you already know who they are as people. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we can just get straight into it because I believe KC is out tonight anyway and I haven't seen my daughter all day yet, so this will not be a long one. Well, Spurs under Nuno, I said at the start of the season, they will not do well. Because he is, he lost, he's lost whatever it was that was going well at Wolves. He's not the manager he used to be, and I was right. And now he's sacked. The problem is now they've got Antonio Conte, who's a brilliant manager, someone uh, who who knows what he's doing. Yeah, um, it's weird because on paper the systems aren't that different, but you just the amount of confidence I'd have had. I I would have fancied us to get some if this was new now, and I don't fancy us to get something with Conte, even though. He hasn't even worked with the players that much because we've been away on international duty. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm absolutely good that they couldn't have held out another couple of weeks on on Nuno. But once he was making those changes against against Scum and the Spurs fans were singing at him, you don't know what you're doing. It, it, was, it was a tough one to stretch that out from there. Um, yeah. And, and that and that's the disappointing thing is is when you look at that collection of players and you think oh, if you put a good manager with them that they should be they should do pretty well but y- your hope is that he's just not had enough time to to really do anything with them yet or that they all just hate him for being so strict so they don't put in over effort it was so bizarre like with, with people talk about coming in and just say no he's he's banned like fizzy drinks and and sweets from the training ground like. It's 2021. What football clubs are still having, like, Coke? Yeah, you, you would think that'd be standard practice, wouldn't you? Everywhere above, what, like, everything conference north, south and above? Well, it just seems it's like, who's their thing? Like, ah, oh, yeah, got a can of Coke for the way home, though. Like, surely that's all right, isn't it, Gaffer? Like, no. No, would have been fine. Would have been fine under Juan de Ramos. Well, he let a lot of things go, though. It's when you hear now, like obviously, like the the sort of the Arsenal team that won the won the league in in nineteen ninety. What? Oh, was it ninety one? I always forget. It wasn't late, so I don't give a shit. But mm-hmm. when they're there, all on a bus, they're just like, "Yep, yeah, fish and chips on the way home." Yeah, here we go, boys. Like, yeah, right. sure. It's a different world. Uh, obviously, Conte is pretty much always free at the back. Um, normally, 
with their options, it, it sounds like it would have been that Christian Romero on the right, Dyer in the middle, and Ben Davis at left centre back, and Sanchez just not playing. But that Christian Romero got injured playing for Argentina, so it'll probably be Sanchez right, Dyer in the middle, Davis left, and that is not a great back three. No, it definitely, you know, definitely has that look of a defence that can be got at. Uh, Eric Dyer is not someone who has filled me with a lot of confidence. See, I, I thought under Mourinho, he might be one of those that would really come along as centre-back because I think he has suffered as sort of not quite being a centre-mid and not quite being a centre-back. And, and I didn't, I wasn't sure if Mourinho might end up being to him what like, George Graham was to Lucas Radaby. Um but but that was not the case. Nah, I like and he just. I know, to be no honest, I'm sorry that I even vaguely linked those two together. Yeah, they um, he seems to have no confidence. Like obviously they were miles better than us away last season. But when we beat him at home, Dyer was at fault for a couple of goals. I think if I remember rightly, especially the one that was the pullback from Alioski at Bamford, where he just stood still and was just facing the wrong way. Who who was their right back? That uh, was it, Aurier. I think so. Aurier looked like he did not want to be there in that well, game, if I remember rightly. Well, I mean, he's since been released on a free, <laughs> so <laughs> he was. I just remember that game. It just it, we were making runs down that side, and he just had the look of this isn't for me. This, yeah, because didn't he also have Bale ahead of him on that wing? So there was just yeah. no chasing back at all. Mm. Um. Wing-backs this season, uh, again with Conte, they should start really bombing on. Like, I think about that Chelsea team and he got... That was the year where Marcus Alonso was an absolute world-beater and Victor Moses on the other side <laughs> was, like, really genuinely good uh, the whole way through the season. But it'll be Emerson Royale on the right and uh, Sergio Reguilón on the left, which, in fairness, they're pretty good players. But, again... Defensively, like Rafinha versus Reguilón, you'd back Rafinha. Although Rafinha will be playing up front with Dan James, probably. What? <laughs> although that, although that means it's Rafinha versus Ben Davies, and you'd back him for that as well. I'd back Rafinha against anyone. Yeah, it's just how good he is. Yeah. Um, midfield. Uh, I don't know if Hoiberg will be fit because he pulled out of Denmark games. So probably Ndombele and Skip. Uh, which is yeah, it's pretty good midfield. Like Ndombele running away from Rodrigo is a bit of a worry. If, But I would think that like Skip, jog. Will, Skip will be around him more, you'd think. And then it depends whether they play like with two wingers and have some left Lucas right and came through middle or if they have two strikers and then it'll probably be Ali behind Son and Kane and either way that's quite scary could have done without uh, Harry Kane getting seven goals in a hundred minutes <laughs> to get some confidence up in the international break uh, that, um, that penalty twatted into the top corner that was that. That's that's the sort of penalty. I think that's a bit of confidence. That is, yeah, needlessly good penalty. That oh, so needless, so needlessly good. <laughs> Michael um, Ballack penalty. Yeah, 
It was, um, yeah, it's, it wasn't the performance I wanted him to have on a on a club level. Um, yeah, it, it's it's always been the thing with that Spurs team, though, that the attacking options have always been fantastic. It's just just having managers not get the best out of it for the last year or so. Um, you know, now I, I know it's probably a discussion for a different podcast, but whatever happens to Del Alley and whether he's actually going to stay at Spurs for much longer and see fit into a Conte team. We'll we'll probably know by first of January because if mm. he has a good six weeks, it might make him back into the player he was a couple of years ago. But if he has a bad six weeks, Conte will probably just bomb him out. Yeah. Um, there's there's always a chance with stuff like that because Conte doesn't mess about with players like that a lot. Uh, and then, I mean, the, the good thing is, though, you've got Harry Kane coming up against um, World Cup playoff defender Liam Cooper, fresh off his wonderful assist. Unless you've seen it, then just don't, you know. It's just a solid header. But if you haven't seen it, it's, it's a marvellous bit of skill from Liam Cooper. Yeah, he uh, good international bit for him. I mean, I really hope Scotland qualify. Liam Cooper at the World Cup. Love it. I mean, it would just it would it be a real accomplishment given where he's come from in his footballing career. If he can make it to a World Cup, that'd be some serious good going. Mm. I actually watched a bit of that game. Scotland played some really good football. And their, their second goal, that Che Adams goal, is such a it's such a it's such a nicely weighted pass through for him and a really well taken finish. Um, yeah, I, I mean Scotland have. Talent in areas. I don't want to. I don't know if I can commit to saying they're a talented team, but there's definitely skill in in certain, mostly the left hand side. Yeah, they're um. Apparently, they've got a young kid coming through that looks really good, and they're all pissed off because it's a left back. <laughs> I imagine though, like if you, if you you're on the run that Scotland have been on before before this year of not qualifying for for major tournaments and you finally get two really good players through one of them who's who's probably a genuine contender for one of the best fullbacks in the world and then you're like oh, we've got him and we've got Kieran Trippier not Kieran, Kieran Trippier. Trippier not Kieran Trippier he's well you know he's probably played left back for Scotland as well he's played left back in Gareth Southgate's plans um <laughs> Kieran Tierney, obviously. Yeah. Um, he like, and they're both fucking left backs. Yeah, but mind you, I mean, like, I as much as he is due to the teachings of Dean Smith turned into a bit of a diving bastard. Like now, now, Niall McGinn, no John McGinn, you're making me do it now, <laughs> making me mess up names. Uh, yeah, but like John McGinn's really good as well, and uh, Jay Adams is. I can see why Bielsa wanted Jay Adams. He would suit the way we play. And we could yeah. really do with him now because uh, everyone's getting a bit worried about Bamford and thinking that he might have foreshored himself. No, it's fine. He's making pos- he's making a positive recovery. Mm. Him and I re- Luke. I remember, I remember when Adam Forshaw was doing that. 
I mean, he was he was at the twenty threes game, so I'm taking that as a positive. <laughs> and then we had uh, Robin Cock with his inspirational eighties workout video going on. I haven't seen that. <laughs> I, I want that, but with him with a neon headband and leg warmers on, and brilliant. So it needs to be. And I can just put it on Sky Sports after that aerobics Oz style that used to be on. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about that. So would I until just then. <laughs> God, the, the things that you see when you wake up at like six in the morning, you're like, ah, oh, put Sky Sports on. So it's, what, what is this? Yeah, but there's always a chance. What's on Sky Sports 2? Sailing. Jesus. There's always a chance. back on. If you get lucky, you might look at Channel 4 and they might have Transworld Sport on. (laughs) So then you are right. Um, In this day day and age, there's there's every chance you turn Channel 4 on at any point. It's No, I'm not going to go into... No, actually, I'm I'm turning out of that joke. I'm not funny enough to pull these jokes off. We'll move on. (laughs) Fair enough. <laughs> I don't even know what you were going for, to be honest. Um, with them playing what will be either a three four one two or a three four three. Either way, can you see us making any changes to starting lineup? Because like they've said, Furpo and Shackleton are fit, but he said they need minutes, so he ain't going to start them. They no. might be on the bench. Uh, no Bamford, no Cock, no Ailing. Although Phil Hay did say Luke Ayling is due to be back in training like next week. Um, I'd be surprised just if nothing else. I don't think the system's really going to change. I think I think I quite liked how Phil Hay dis- described it as a 2-4-4, which I, I, I think is about right, to be honest. It's, sort of, it's weird because it depends. In ta- like if they go a 3 4 one, two, then Strout plays left centre-back. And it is a back three. But if they play if they play Mauler instead, then you strout left back in a back four. Mm. Um either way, we'll probably have a, it does mean if they play two up front, that we're gonna end up with like Jack Harrison at left left wing back again, which did not work particularly well last time. Although he was better last time than he had been in previous games. It's Dan James up front I have the issue with more yeah. than anything. But I mean, uh, if they're playing the back three with the options we've got, it will be Dan James and Rafinha as the nominal strikers with Rodrigo behind them. Which feels weird to me, but it did sort of work. I could The, the game against Leicester was the first time where I could see what it, what it was going for when they started to, when they dropped one in late. You could see it a bit more, and you could see it a bit against Norwich, and you could see it a bit against. It's it's. I can get the idea, but it's just not what I'd do. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like you say, if they if they have the two up front, then it's either a case of whether. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it probably would be Harrison that would go, just because if you move. The other option would be to oh no, Dallas is sorry, I got confused. Yeah, Dallas da- will be right back. Yeah. So yeah, there's no Harrison, Shackleton. Harrison goes across essentially centre mid of Phillips for sure. Yeah. 
worst. Yeah, like it's a weird one because if they're playing two up front, they'll have a number ten, which will probably be Deli Alley. So you'd think Phillips will just be on him. Uh, and then you'd have, if it is Skippen and Dombele, you'd have Skippen and Dombele against Forshaw and Rodrigo, which yeah. would mean Adam Forshaw tracking and Dombele around, which is not very easy to do. Now, admittedly, the thing that I was worried about against Leicester was that he wouldn't be able to keep up in midfield anymore, and he did absolutely fine. In fact, he was really good. So I'm not as worried now. And Dombele is one of them players that's so good, especially dribbling from deep, is the exact wrong kind of player. If you're playing a man-marking system, he's another one. Like Adama Traore, just not quite to the same extent. Where when you're going man v man, you're like, yeah, but he can beat his man and just ruin this whole thing. Yeah. Um... Whereas, Whereas Skip, Skip is less worrying, although you'd still back him to get away from Rodrigo. Yeah, it's 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 that just that thing at the moment of of just they they should be better than us, especially in, especially at, on the attack. Like I just think they've got a very good attacking lineup. The midfield's pretty good, um, but it, it so it does then become a case of us having to make the best of what attacks we can have now. Fortunately, you know, we saw from the Leicester game, Dan James can at least get in behind. And if he can basically get some support and not shoot. Or at least shoot better. Yeah, shoot. Well, you know, it's 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 been an international break, not you know, not a trip to Lords and, and praying for miracles. Hey, but, um... he got an assist. Admittedly, it took him three goals to get the ball in the box, <laughs> but he got an assist. Um, yeah, the assist, fine. I'd, I'd back him to get an assist as long as it's not a cross from wide. Yeah, I mean, I if he's in if, the penalty area, I think he'll be fine. Like, obviously, I'm I'm thinking that it'll be Davinson Sanchez at right centre back and then Dyer in the middle. Like, Davinson Sanchez is quick for a centre back, but he's not going to keep up with Dan James if we can get him in behind. Hmm. The good thing with James is, even though technically he's not great especially at the minute if he could if we can just get him to time his runs well and play some good passes he'll have so much time that he don't need to be it's just is that too much time though maybe what the raheem sterling problem um yeah but that that is the one thing it gives me hope is that we we now have that out it's another outlet where you know, you're not getting the runs that Bamford makes, but it is a way to at least get into decent areas of the pitch and and keep us up there for for a period of time, which I don't think we were doing two, three, four weeks ago. Um, and then, like, say you've got Rafinha, you know, if we can get Rafinha into the game plenty and have him running at to be honest, any of their central defenders, really running um, at anyone, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then after that, it just kind of depends on what sort of day Jack Harrison's having. Yeah, I'd really like him to have a good game because he really he looks like he needs one. Mm. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that for any other manager, it'd have been long dropped by now. Like he's been having, and it's not like 
it's it's not turning on him. It's not disliking him. He's just having he's having a shit season. There's no way around it. Uh, yeah, I think it's an odd combination of of, of his poor form, Bielsa's trust, but Bielsa's continued trust in him, and also really the lack of alternatives. You know, yeah. when you're playing James Harrison and Rafinha all in the same starting lineup, and nominally only one of those is actually playing as a winger, and even they're spending most of the time cutting inside. So yeah, it's a bit of a weird shape at the minute. Yeah, it's, 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 with these like because it's let's be like the third game in a row now where we've to you know played with a without going back to the four one four one essentially. I think yeah, it has been an odd run because like the three five because obviously I'm still convinced that Bielsa picked that side against Leicester to be a back three. And then Leicester happened to just go back to the four-two-three-one unexpectedly, uh, which is why we had Strauch at left back and stuff. I think that he's basically picked a three-five. He's going to have picked three-five-two three times in a row, mm. which is very rare given given just wanting one man extra at the back and one shot up front. It's quite rare to have a run of teams that all play this sort of formation. Yeah, so it's which is an odd one again of just this run of again Jack Harrison has played as a striker, as a winger, as a as a fullback. Um, Stuart Dallas seems to have played three three different positions, and that's just in two games. You know, yeah. um, I'd be quite glad when we go back go back to four one four one. Yeah, I miss um, the four one four one. The other good thing is uh, Gelhart came on at half-time for 23s and went off after half an hour of that. But it was one of them where it was definitely planned because before Tom Hill's commentary kicked back in, they turned the volume up and you could hear him on the touchline saying, yeah, he's going to have half an hour. Hmm. <laughs> so like you knew going in, <laughs> you knew going in exactly what was happening. He barely got a kick of the ball as well because he, he was on when Leeds were really under the cosh. Yeah. Uh, but you would think that'll get him back on the bench for this game, which gives us another option. Yeah, and we do need that because, especially with us having two up top, we do need an actual striker who at some point can lead the line if it's needed. At least the option of an actual striker. Yeah, you know, I have all the faith in the world in Rafinha, and I've got nothing against Dan James per se. Um but you know, a striker would be nice. There is a striker. He's just playing centre mid. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, I mean, that's just—it's—it's not even just Robertson, Rodrigo. I mean, even Sam Greenwood is basically a midfielder now. Sam Greenwood's whatever he wants to be. Yeah, that's that is how talented he is at youth level. Yeah, he's so two-footed. He's so two-footed. <laughs> um. He's another one who I wouldn't mind seeing on bench because I really do think he could offer something. If you know, you probably won't bring him on unless you're really chasing the game. But I want him to play a couple of games just so that we can just push that Fleetwood FA Cup game further and further out of memory for him. Because I wish he had no involvement in that game. He didn't need to be dragged into that. Crawley? 
Yeah, I get those two mixed up all the time. Yeah, no, I, that is one that same, you... Same club. That is one that I've heard you do before. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. The colour red, I'm assuming. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, so yeah, pretty much, I'd be very surprised if it isn't an unchanged team. Um, be nice to get some players back. It's definitely one where we're, we've got to look at it as any result really is a bonus, I think. Yeah, again, if we could get a point from this, it'd be, I think it'd be a good result. I don't think there's anyone who's looking at this game and thinking Leeds have got a, ch- a, ch- a chance of winning this. He, no one likes playing it. I know he was at the last game for them, but he was in the stands, wasn't he, watching the Everton game? I don't think he... I, did he I, actually... can't, I can't remember if he took it. He did, I'm pretty sure he took the European game. Oh, God, yeah, I even forgot about that. Yeah, so he has had one, but this... After, he's been there a few, a couple of weeks now. This is like the first one where, even though they've been away on international duty, the first one where he kind of so kind of put his stamp on it a little bit. Yeah, uh, I do yeah. wonder. There is part because... of wonders. Is is that I don't? I've, you won't know, but I do wonder if that Jaffet Tanganga's fit. I could see him coming in because mm. he. He's got a lot of the things that Conte likes in the defender. And he might be like, no, I'm going to give this lad a run and see if he can really be something. Uh, I wish I was more confident, but I think, we've got, I think we'll get beat. I'm going to say we'll get beat 2-0. I'm going to say we lose 2-1. The Ugh. confidence. That's very negative of us. But... And if, if we get beat here, it's not a disaster, but... I, I suppose suppose a, we have got enough again, about us to get something if we play well. Yeah, I, I suppose after the Leicester game, you just you just now sort of want a performance that sort of resembles how we played then, mm. and and maybe not as well, but just again, sit, kind of seeing the patterns of play again, seeing the movement, seeing seeing us move the ball better than we have done in, in previous weeks. Um. Because I, I think realistically, you look at this game, you know, good manager, good squad, like they should win this. It's just how well we equip ourselves for it now. Yeah. Right. Well, that, I mean, I thought, I thought it might even be shorter than that for 35 minutes because of how thrown together it was in the last minute. I've really padded that one out. But yeah, I think, I think we've done all right there. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a very rare experience. This will be because I'm 99% sure I'm going to be watching this in a bar. And it'll be the first time I've watched a Leeds game in a bar for a very long time. Yeah. So I'm uh, quite looking I may, forward I, to I it. I may or may not be with you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I wish we weren't that negative, but sometimes you have to be. Uh, that'll do us for episode 133 at Mike Watch Podcast. We'll probably be back short, well, I say shortly after the game one of the days after the game. <laughs> In the coming days or months. Yeah, Tuesday is probably the best bet, but we'll have to see what happens. Everything is still a bit all over the shop at the minute. Once uh, once we get past Thursday, my life should be a little bit less hectic and we can start actually planning stuff a bit more. Uh, so, yeah, that'll do us. I've been Jack, see ya. I've been Casey, have a good one. In a bit. <laughs>